0: Good morning. Hello, everyone. It is Thursday, October 5th. You are listening to the Mo News Podcast. I am Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. We all survived Wednesday's emergency test blasting from our phones and TV screens. I'll have a bit more on that later in the show. For today, it's just me. Hope everyone is doing well. Let's get to the headlines. Another day, another strike. This time, tens of thousands of healthcare workers on the picket line. On to politics. The search is on for the next Speaker of the House. And two lawmakers are in the running so far. Meanwhile, President Biden's advice or non-advice for whomever gets the job. The Supreme Court struck down the White House plan to forgive student debt, and yet the White House keeps trying more on their latest plan. Overseas, a bus crash near Venice, Italy, kills at least 21 people, the latest there. Here in the U.S., a huge push for electric vehicles, but more Americans are turning to hybrids, and Uber wants to return your packages. Plus Pete Davidson gets a second chance to host SNL when the season 49 will premiere and who is the musical guest. Plus I'll have on this day in history. All right, hot strike summer is becoming hot strike fall and it is now hitting the healthcare industry. More than 75,000 workers at Kaiser Permanente, the nation's largest healthcare nonprofit organization, went on strike Wednesday in hospitals and medical offices in five states from coast to coast after the company and labor negotiators could not resolve a dispute over staffing levels and other issues. It is a three day strike. The union says it is the largest strike of healthcare workers in U.S. history. Kaiser Permanente serves about 13 million patients. It operates 39 hospitals and more than 600 medical offices across eight states California, Colorado, DC, Georgia, Hawaii, Maryland, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. So, Kaiser has a different business model than other healthcare providers. It's funded by membership fees, and it operates both as an insurance plan and also a provider. So patients or their employees would pay a membership fee to access its services. According to CNN, Kaiser was designed to be this one-stop shop for all of a patient's needs, from primary care to lab testing and even pharmacy services. This strike targets Kaiser hospitals and medical offices in California, Colorado, Oregon, Virginia, D.C., and Washington. The striking workers include nurses, emergency department technicians, x-ray technicians, Therapists, medical assistants, pharmacists, and hundreds of other positions. Notably, doctors are not striking. Kaiser says all hospitals and emergency departments will stay open. They've hired, they say, thousands of temporary workers, but they are warning some patients that non emergency and elective services may have to be rescheduled. So, what do workers want? The union says better pay and benefits. And for Kaiser to hire more workers and address a staffing shortage, some workers say they are just burnt out, they are stretched too thin, that they are seeing too many patients and too quickly. They say some workers have actually gotten injured on the job and that it's all led to worse patient care. One worker telling NBC News, quote, we are short-staffed and patients have to wait more than a month to be seen. By then, you're either feeling better dead, or you have to pay more money out of pocket to visit an urgent care. Even though Kaiser Permanente is a nonprofit, it does make billions of dollars in profit. And that is part of the union's complaints. They say that Kaiser Permanente is basically hoarding profits despite its nonprofit status. Kaiser telling NBC, quote, there has been a lot of progress in terms of talks with the union, Agreements have been reached on several specific proposals. They say they are committed to reaching a new agreement that continues to provide employees with market-leading wages, excellent benefits, generous retirement income plans, and valuable professional development opportunities. And I mentioned Hot Strike Summer. Well, we're now into fall, so I guess we're going to have to adjust the name a little bit. But it is just the latest in a series of labor disruptions across U.S. industries Something we've talked about on this podcast, in Kansas City, CVS pharmacists staged a walkout recently to protest working conditions that they say put patients at risk. Some had said that pharmacists are so short-staffed that they can't even take a bathroom break. CVS has agreed to make improvements. In the auto industry, more than 25,000 members of the United Auto Workers Union, they are on strike against Ford, GM, and Stellantis. Hollywood writers, they just ended a 150-day strike after reaching a deal for more pay and better benefits. The actors are still on strike, but there have been talks with the studios all week. But back to the healthcare industry, it has really taken a hit over the past few years. Thousands of workers left the field during the pandemic. And now to the latest in D.C. and the search for a new Speaker of the House. On Tuesday, Kevin McCarthy was ousted as House Speaker and now begins the search for who's next to take his place. The House Speaker is one of the most powerful positions in Congress. Right now, there is a temporary or interim speaker, but without someone elected to the job, the House can't really get much done. The challenge for whomever gets this job, Republicans only have a four-seat majority, and there is that handful of far-right members that booted McCarthy, and they are going to have new demands for the new leader, At a press conference on Wednesday, President Biden was asked if he had any advice for the next speaker, whoever it is. Here's what he said. What's your advice to the next House speaker? That's above my pay grade. In case you couldn't make that out, he said, that is above my pay grade, which I think is how I'm going to answer anything I don't really want to (laughs) answer from here on out. Now to some of the possible successors. McCarthy himself said on Tuesday that he would not run again. On Wednesday, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio became the first Republican to publicly say that he would be running for the position. Jordan is the chair of the House Judiciary Committee back in January during that original fight for the speakership. Some conservative hardliners nominated him for the job. For some background on Jordan, uh, he did vote not to certify the Electoral College results uh, back in 2020. And then there is Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana. He also announced on Wednesday that he plans to run for speaker. He is currently the House Majority Leader, which is the number two Republican. And in a statement, he acknowledged the challenge ahead, saying, quote, I know the coming weeks will be some of the most arduous times that we face together, but this conference is worth fighting for. Now, more than ever, we must mend the deep wounds that exist within our conference and focus on our objectives so we can get back to work. He is battling blood cancer, but says that he is feeling healthy. Jim Jordan might have more appeal to the far right, but not necessarily the moderate Republicans. Another name being floated. Former President Trump, by law, the Constitution actually doesn't say that the Speaker has to be a member of Congress. There is a rule, however, that says that nobody can be a leader if they face an active felony indictment with the potential for two or more years in jail. Trump faces four indictments, 91 charges with the potential for more than 700 years in prison. He was actually in court on Wednesday in New York for a civil trial and was asked about whether he would even want the speaker job. Here's what he said. A lot of people have asked me about it. I'm focused. You know, we're leading. I don't know. You, I'm sure you don't read too much in the papers, but we're leading by like 50 points for president. You know, my focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. But we have some great people in the Republican Party that could do a great job as speaker. So it does not sound like we'll be seeing a speaker, Donald Trump, anytime soon. Lots more news coming up, but here's a word from a couple of our sponsors. Hola, habla espanol. Parlez-vous français? All right, that's about as far as I go with other languages. And that is why I'm so excited about our newest sponsor, Babbel. Well, the best way to learn a language is through immersion, living where the language is spoken natively and using it every day. That is not possible for everyone. So what is the second best way to learn a language? Babbel. Because with Babbel, you could start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Moshe has been taking Spanish lessons. I am very excited because I want to take French lessons. I've always wanted to learn French. So why Babbel? because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little bit more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as 3 weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. And they have a very special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started. You can get right now 55% off your Babbel subscription. Head to babbel.com slash monews with our discount. That's just about six bucks a month to learn a new language. Again, that deal 55% off at babbel.com slash monews. It's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S. Some rules and restrictions may apply. And now to Athletic Greens. Without Mosh here, I do have to really try to bring the energy, and that is why I am very thankful for AG1. It is an easy way to get all of your nutrients. It is just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. Again, it is easy and quick, and it lets you get on with your day knowing that you've gotten over 75 important ingredients including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support digestion and gut health. With your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. Just visit drinkag1.com slash news to take advantage of this offer. You could get a discounted monthly subscription or try it one time for just a month. Again, that is drinkag1.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S for this special deal. And really start to take ownership of your health. Time now for the speed read. Let's start overseas. From CBS News, a bus crashed near the Italian city of Venice after falling from an elevated street, killing at least 21 people and injuring 18 others earlier this week. The bus was carrying foreign tourists, including from Ukraine, France, and Germany, Officials say the bus was bringing them to a camping site. Two children died in the crash. The mayor of Venice writing on Twitter or X that the scene of the crash was apocalyptic. According to local media, the bus fell a few feet before crashing close to railway tracks where it caught fire. Emergency crews were on the scene and officials say the cause of the accident is still unclear. One official quoted as saying the bus was new and electric and that street wasn't particularly problematic. From the Wall Street Journal, President Biden announced student debt forgiveness for another group of Americans on Wednesday, months after the Supreme Court blocked the administration's most ambitious borrower relief plan. The White House says the move affects 125,000 people who qualify under existing programs, including for public service workers like teachers and firefighters and for people on permanent disability. The announcement comes as Biden trying to find workarounds to offer some debt relief After the Supreme Court struck down his more ambitious plan over the summer, that plan would have wiped out more than $400 billion in student debt for about 43 million borrowers. This most recent move comes just three days after student loan repayments resumed following a three-year pause. The string of politically advantageous announcements comes thanks to the administration's use of existing programs that let the government waive debt for certain borrowers, Biden laying out his objective in remarks promoting the latest forgiveness on Wednesday. He said, bring student debt relief, quote, to as many as we can, as fast as we can. And it follows a decision in July that wiped out the remaining balances for 800,000 lower income borrowers as part of a one-time adjustment to loan repayment plans. From Bloomberg, America's high electric vehicle costs are driving buyers to hybrids. More than a quarter century ago, Toyota introduced the Prius, a car with new technology, a small gas engine paired with a relatively large battery that would become a darling of the green movement. But in recent years, those hybrids fell out of favor as automakers raced to develop fully electric vehicles, which captured generous government incentives and sparked the imaginations of forward-thinking drivers. Now hybrids are making a comeback, as would-be electric vehicle buyers are increasingly put off by stiff sticker prices and spotty charging infrastructure. U.S. sales of hybrids have more than doubled since 2020 and are heading toward a 35% increase this year. One expert telling the Wall Street Journal, the auto industry doesn't function in a mode where you just flip a switch and everything's different. Hybrids are a way for the mass market to start edging into electric vehicles. From the Washington Post, why did our phones get an emergency alert today? It was just a test. Cell phones, televisions, and radios all took part in a test of the national alert systems, which let the government reach hundreds of millions of people immediately if there is a disaster affecting the whole country. FEMA and the Federal Communications Commission conducted the coordinated test to see if the technology is working as designed. And if any improvements are needed... The sound is unique. It's a tone that probably interrupted classes and meetings, revealed the locations of hidden phones and jarred anyone not expecting it. The system is designed to let the government reach people quickly in the case of an actual widespread emergency like a terrorist attack. However, most disasters only require contacting people in a certain area and wouldn't necessitate an alert to the entire country. It actually started two minutes early, which did take some people by surprise. But other than that, nothing to see here. The test itself has led to some baseless conspiracy theories about how the powerful communication tool could be abused. Apparently there are also some conspiracies going around that everyone who got the COVID vaccine would become a zombie when the alert went off. I just did a quick check. Uh, So far, I do not believe I am a zombie over here. From USA Today, need to return a disappointing online purchase? Uber's newest feature will let you do it without a trip to the post office. The ride-hailing company on Wednesday launched a new return-a-package feature that lets users send up to five prepaid and sealed packages to a nearby post office, UPS, or FedEx for a flat $5 fee or $3 for Uber One members. The service is available on the Uber and Uber Eats apps in about 5,000 cities, This launch comes as retailers institute more stringent return policies with shorter timeframes. Nearly 80% of shoppers under 30 find mail returns somewhat or very annoying. That is according to a National Retail Federation poll. So Uber expects that this new tool is going to be a huge value proposition to consumers. How does it actually work? Well, after someone selects a nearby postal carrier and confirms the pickup, Uber will send a courier to their address to pick up a package and then drop it off at a local U.S. Postal Service, UPS, or FedEx location. Customers can then track their package in real time through the app, and the courier will send a visual confirmation or photo of the receipt after the drop-off. And from Variety, NBC is ready to open the 49th season of Saturday Night Live, pushed back just a week or two from when the series might normally launch in the fall. After being shut down in May by the Hollywood Writers' Strike, SNL will return on October 14th, marking the first of three consecutive weeks of original broadcasts. Ice Spice will be the musical guest. Pete Davidson will host the show. He'd actually been scheduled to host last season before the strike forced SNL to go dark. Bad Bunny will host and perform on October 21st. The entire cast is set to return with a single addition, Chloe Troust, who has performed with the writer trio that makes up SNL's Please Don't Destroy. She joins as a featured player. NBC not saying whether any of the current group of featured players, which include Sarah Sherman and James Austin Johnson, had been promoted to the main cast. Next season, by the way, not this one, the one that starts in the fall of 2024. That's going to be SNL's 50th season, And NBC has already started to sell ads for it. All right, on this day in history, October 5th, 1998, let's start with a little politics. The Judiciary Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives recommended impeachment hearings against President Bill Clinton. At the time, a very big deal, but I feel like these days, just par for the course. On this day in 2007, following years of speculation and denials, American track star Marion Jones pleaded guilty to steroid use, and several months later, she was stripped of her five Olympic medals, three of which were gold. Some pop culture here. On this day in 1962, the first installment in the James Bond film series, Dr. No, had its world premiere. The British spy film was adapted from the novel and starred Sean Connery. On this day in 1961, Breakfast at Tiffany's premiered. And on this day in 2000, Gilmore Girls debuted on the WB. Somehow I have never seen Gilmore Girls, maybe because it came out when I was in college. So I don't have as much to say about that. As I did about 90210 yesterday with Lauren Smith Brody, Um, a big thank you again to Lauren for joining us. I got some great feedback about yesterday's episode. If you didn't have a chance to listen please do, even though it's obviously a daily news podcast. She gives some really great insight on the importance of paternity leave, which Mo, is currently on, and also just all things women in the workplace. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Mo News Podcast. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. It really will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the app store call us 1-800-711-MOSH and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Moshe M-O-S-H-E-H. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.